0: <clears throat> good evening. It's good to be with you tonight. We uh, had a little bit of time, so we jumped on a little bit early. We're going to record this on YouTube, and then we'll post it uh, to Facebook a little bit later tonight. I hope and trust that everybody's had a wonderful week uh, thus far, and uh, appreciative of the opportunity to be able to study the Word of God with you tonight, and uh, enjoy the beautiful weather that God's provided us. But let's continue to remember, uh, all those that are sick have... Uh, many dealing with a lot of different different things and uh, sickness around us, and certainly we are uh, fervently praying that uh, God would restore uh, healing to their bodies, but uh, we want to, uh, uh, good Lord willing, finish up the uh, fifth chapter of John tonight. We'll start reading in uh, verse number 28, read the remainder of the chapter, so we'll finish up John 5 tonight, and then we'll... Uh, move forward, John 6, as I said last week, will be pretty lengthy, probably three, four parts, but I <clears throat> won't spend a lot of time in there. <clears throat> but uh, uh, I, I hope that uh, God will bless you for studying His Word, uh, and I hope that uh, the Lord will touch and intervene in your lives. But uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into the reading of the text. Our Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this privilege. Uh, an opportunity that you've afforded us, God, to study thy precious word. We pray, God, that, Lord, as we open thy word tonight and we uh, uh, read and study, we pray, God, that we would be good stewards of thy word, God, that we would uh, faithfully serve, we would faithfully uh, observe, read, and divide thy word, God, that uh, we'd be good stewards of it. We pray, Father, what you touch our hearts, our minds, God, give us revelation, Uh, inspiration and instruction, Lord, that we'd be able to uh, take the word of God and and apply it to our lives. Father, thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you for loving us, God, when we were unlovable. Thank you, Lord, for your precious son, the Lord Jesus, that in and through him we have everlasting and eternal life. God, we pray most of all, Father, for those, God, that's lost and undone, uh, who do not know you in the free pardon of sin. I pray, God, that uh, uh, before the close of this service or this day, God, I pray that they would come to find thee precious to their never-dying soul. They will will live forever in eternity somewhere, and I hope that their decision and their hope and their trust and their faithfulness is set in Jesus Christ. God, help us uh, uh, tonight, God. We pray once again, Lord, for for the sick and afflicted, those in the nursing homes and hospitals dealing with uh, illness and affliction. God, you know their needs. You know their desires. And we pray, God, you'd satisfy him according to thy earnest riches and glory, which we know are endless and boundless. We we'll thank you and praise you for what you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, <clears throat> John chapter number five, we're going to start reading verse number 28, and just going to read the remainder of the chapter, and then we'll circle back and work our way through this. Verse 28, scripture reads, and I know that I cut off last week in about verse number 27, and I know that's kind of mid, mid-thought, but uh, we'll pick back up with that but the scripture says marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life they that have done evil into the resurrection of damnation i can of mine own self do nothing as i hear i judge and my judgment is just because i seek not mine own will but the will of my father which hath sent me if i bear witness of myself my witness is not true there is another that beareth witness of me, and I know <clears throat> that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. You, uh, you sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth, but I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say, that ye might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in this light. But I have greater witness uh, than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given to me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me, <clears throat> that uh, the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself, uh, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom uh, he hath sent, him you believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. And they are, are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me uh, that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, uh, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor uh, one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust." For had you believe uh, Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Uh, but if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe uh, my words? <clears throat> and as we get into this right here, uh, we know we talked at great length last week about the pool of Bethesda. And then we get into a discourse from Christ uh, around verse number 19. And this is in opposition to the healing that he had done on the Sabbath as we uh, work our way out of the healing of the pool of Bethesda. And we're not going to recap where we kind of got to last week, but I just, uh, I want to back uh, back up just briefly for just a few minutes to verse number 25. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. <clears throat> and we preached the message a few weeks ago about the already and the not yet. And, and we need to understand from the eschatological perspective, and when we use the word eschaton or eschatology, what that's talking about is the end of all things and the end times. And when we see this right here, when we use this, uh, in reference to eschatological uh, references in theology, we have to
1: apply this that there, there is a context in which it applies now and uh, which it applies in the future. And this was the same thing that Jesus was reiterating here yet once again. He said, Verily, verily, I come unto you. The hour is coming. Uh, so that's a future thought and it now is. Uh, so there's a lot of people today, they, they, they take great contention in the fact that we hold these things. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even say that we hold these things in tension, but it's just a scriptural truth that there are a lot of uh, prophetic covenants uh, which we have established in the Old Testament. We see that they're all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and, and I I want to uh, lay this disclaimer tonight. I I have all my hope in Christ. Uh, Everything is in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah. Uh, The Davidic king that came and fulfilled all things, all our hope and trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our covenantal hope. He is the seed of Abraham, which Paul declares in Galatians chapter number three, in which we are justified, uh, we're sanctified, we will be glorified. We are all these things in him. Uh, He is all in all. So just to reiterate, uh, the the hour is coming, and it now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that
0: uh, and they uh, that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given the Son uh, to have life in Himself, and hath given Him authority
1: to execute a judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. We preached late in the morning about uh, the Son of Man, and, and that thought, uh, and as we develop that thought here, just a few minutes. Uh, tonight, uh, we see where Jesus, now there's something important that goes on right here. So Jesus makes a defense for himself. Not only does he just make a defense for himself, but he is proving who he is. And as we come out, uh, we see this right here that uh, the, that there is a uh, a transition taking place uh, where he is defending Uh, his healing that he exerted and that he had executed to the man at the pool of Bethesda, not only to the man at the pool of uh, Bethesda, but uh, we we also have here that that there is a a future and forthcoming judgment that already is and it will be. Uh, And this is the importance of the text. And these are the things that we need to keep in view as we're reading and we're studying the Word of God. Uh, is Jesus is speaking in twofold language and already and are not yet uh, uh, examples as he begins to lay this out. So the Bible begins to tell us right here, he said, I, I have come to execute judgment uh, and, beca- uh, and, and, and because he is the son of man. So the son of man, Uh, As he spoke to, as we see over there, uh, as we see the relationship in the book of Daniel, the Son of Man surrenders to uh, and yields all things unto the Ancient of Days as they begin to converse, uh, converse. And we see that that's Old Testament language for the second person of the Trinity, the Incarnate, the Emmanuel of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. In conjunction with the Father, we see this Trinitarian aspect as it's being developed. But the Bible tells us right here that Jesus is coming, uh, that he came to execute judgment. Then we, then we get into uh, we want to pick up tonight in verse number 28. He said, marvel not at this, uh, or don't take exception. Uh, listen, uh, and we see all these things. He said, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. So he didn't say that this already was, as we saw in verse number 25. Uh, but the Bible tells us that this is uh, in the future. This is a future eschatological promise uh, that shall happen in the last days and the last times. He said, "Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice." Uh, and I'm glad uh, as we as we begin to see this. A relationship that jesus is prophetically speaking about his second coming he's not talking about the time now that he is here where the lion is uh enthroned and enrobed in uh 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 in in lamb's skin in this flesh he has came as the incarnate son of god he has robed himself been sowed with the spirit of god conceived in the womb of mary he has come uh <clears throat> And God incarnate is now dwelling, tabernacled among us. And with Christ is dwelling in tabernacled among us, he is telling us, he said, listen, there is coming a time, uh, listen, when I I fulfill all things, as was written by Moses and the prophets, when I fulfill all things and I inaugurate my kingdom at the cross of Calvary, when we see uh, that the high King of heaven surrendered and offered himself, and when the when the lord jesus christ offered himself so we have his life we have his death and when he offered himself he said listen this is not the end of this he said when i surrender and offer myself not only will i not only will i die but listen he said i will take my life up yet once again so we see where we have the de- the life the death the burial we we have the resurrection we have the ascension jesus Cries forth all these things, these are essential. Uh, uh, listen, gospel truths that are uh, that are central that we must wrap uh, our minds around. But listen, the Bible says, Mormon, not this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. So there's coming a day. Uh, John the Revelator speaks again in the apocalypse and in the revelation in the first chapter, I believe it's in the seventh verse. He said, uh, Listen. He said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and, uh, listen, every eye shall see him, even those which pierced his side. Obviously now uh, those soldiers that pierced his side at Calvary, Listen, none of this had transpired yet, but we go forward thinking and we look right here and we see where John is looking back in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. And he, and he grabs hold of this day when he's talking about the second coming, the day of the Lord, the hour in which judgment shall be executed up across all this land in finality. And when the when the second coming is is upon us, the Bible says, "Marvel not this, because that there is coming a time when all that are in the graves, they're going to hear His thunderous voice." Paul writes to us in the book of Second Thessalonians, in the fourth chapter, he said. Uh, listen he said I would not have you to be ignorant brethren as uh, as other men uh, uh, as they as, as they find themselves locked and decried in a place of agony uh, but the Bible tells us this he said for the Lord Jesus Christ shall come again and, and that's the message of second Thessalonians that he is telling us uh, and it's a message of hope and it's a message of encouragement I said second Thessalonians I apologize it's first Thessalonians. Uh, chapter number four verse number 13 is is where this starts he said I not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you saw not even as others which have no hope so he's talking about uh, those that have died he said be uh, uh, ignorant brethren be not uh, uh, ignorant of those which are asleep or have died and the bible tells us right here Paul uh, this is Uh, Listen, building off the thought that is carried and instituted by Jesus in the gospels of his second coming, of his return, of his imminent return, in which all the kingdom and the family of God will be reunited in a sinless new heaven and new earth wherein Christ will dwell. He will be our temple. He will be our light. He will be our God, and we will be his people. Uh, We will dwell and reside with him. We will rule and reign for eternity. But the Bible tells us that he said, he said, I don't have you to be ignorant of those which are asleep that you saw not even as others which have no hope. Uh, Listen, and we talk about just right here. Listen, this is uh, Paul specifically talking about the the Sadducees. Jesus talks specifically to the Sadducees at times because the Sadducees held uh, held their theology. They didn't believe in angels or spirits and they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's often why we'll we'll get into this a little bit more uh, in in the book of John uh, as we as we uh, press our way on forward uh, and we get into Lazarus uh, when it talks about uh, listen when it talks about the fourth day there there is uh, there's uh, there's implications that come from uh, from the people that were surrounding from the Pharisees and the Sadducees Uh, but we'll get into that at a later time but the Bible says here. Listen, we're just talking about the hope of the resurrection. This is this is the glorious hope that we are waiting on, uh, and we and we know that we have a, a wonderful, beautiful hope and promise that is given to us by the Word of God and through the voice of the Spirit, uh, wherein we can. We can take pleasure and we don't have to be weary and well doing. We don't have to find ourselves struggling and we understand. I understand. I personally understand this that death is a very permanent fixture in our lives that has. Uh, that has been imposed upon us by the fall. It it is something that every man will go through, that will transgress. We preached a few weeks ago about the valley between the two mountains that we will all uh, transgress through. The Bible tells us in Hebrews in the ninth chapter, verse number 27, for it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. In verse 28, said, So unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Friends, listen. We have a wonderful hope if we are saved by the grace of God. If we presently are yielding our allegiant faith unto the Lord Jesus Christ, what a wonderful hope and promise that we have. We as the children of God that we currently possess Uh, if we are looking and awaiting for that great and glorious day when our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall step out on the clouds of heaven, gather his children uh, together from uh, all the four winds of heaven, and gather us together and reunite us again in this wonderful place where he is established for his children, for his family. It says, for uh, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so this is gospel truth, this is centra- This is the centrality of the gospel. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Why is Paul reiterating this? And This is an excerpt uh, that we have uh, also uh, quoted again in the book of Romans. I'd listen for if we are uh, if we are buried with him in death. I listen. Uh, and we are we are also raised with him in newness of life. This is the death, burial, and resurrection because of the hope that we have in Christ. Because Christ has conquered all things. He is the central focus point. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus or those that are dead in Christ, will God bring with him? And listen, I want to say this, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, the Bible tells us this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I, friends, listen, the, the spirit at the moment of death, when we draw our last breath, there is no more ounce of humanity left within us. And, I, and this body, this tabernacle yields up the spirit wherein it is housed. and it, Listen, it then uh, ascends at that immediate present moment back to the presence of the Father. I, this body is going to be planted in the ground i listen this body will be planted in the ground but the spirit wherein has been uh, has been yielded back to the father it goes home to the perfect dwelling. uh, Listen, to be absent from the body. So to be absent from this present tabernacle is to be present with the Lord. Uh, Friends, listen, there's nobody sleeping in the graves. The graveyards are empty. The only thing that the graveyards possess is a body. Uh, And I'm glad that on that second glorious day when we see the Lord Jesus Christ coming back in all of his eminence and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the cry comes from heaven, I'm glad that there's going to be a glorious event wherein all the graves shall bust forth. Listen, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation, but there is coming a day, a time, and a period when Jesus will return for his beloved family. Friends, listen. And what he's coming back for, listen, the Bible says that they'll be with him. The book of Jude, uh, listen, it it, it, it uh, tells us about this. It said, behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Friends, listen, uh, if you are uh, taking uh, despair or you find yourself in a place uh, where you are longing But for those that you miss, that have transgressed this life and transcended this life and ascended back, friends, listen, we need not take fear. Uh, in the fact that we know that they are resting with Christ. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, uh, listen, it says, there therefore remaineth a rest for the people of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This is not my theology. This is uh, not what I think about it. This is what the Word of God says about it. And when the Word of God says it, we should believe it. Amen? Uh, Friends, I don't care what anybody else has said. Listen, I'm going to take the Word of God for what it says. He said, let God be true in every man, a liar. And I believe we're to take him at his word. Amen. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also, which sleep in Jesus, those that are dead in Christ, would God bring with him? Like I said, they are with him now. And listen, when he returns, listen, and when he returns and he, uh, listen, and he calls forth his beautiful bride, I, there's coming a resurrection. We'll, give it, we'll get to this. Now listen, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain sh- uh, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So we, if we're alive when Christ comes, the Bible tells us that we are not going before those that have died is what the Bible says. So uh, as we read this for we uh, for we say to you by the word of the Lord uh, that we which are alive and remain so those that are alive at the coming of Christ uh, shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout uh, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now listen, I just want to say this right here. and This is not a knock. This is not a poke. Uh, and listen, I don't mean this, but friends, listen, there's a lot of people, you can interpret this text in two different ways. You can either join the text together and you can read them in harmony or you can split the text. And and whether or not you join the text or split the text, uh, listen, that will, uh, uh, that will play itself out in your view of eschatology or your end-time interpretation, there's a lot of people believe in a tri- uh, or in a pre-tribulational rapture. Uh, listen, they say, well, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus' feet touch the ground as it says it will in Zechariah chapter number 14. And uh, listen, there's a lot of arguments from both sides. But, friends, listen, I choose not to split these texts. I harmonize these texts. When the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming for the second time, they're not iterative pers- uh uh, places in the text that give us liberty to interject where Christ will come two or three or four or five more times. Christ is coming. He come once uh, as the Lion robed in the Lamb, and the second he's coming as the Lion. Uh, Francis, we have in, listen. New Testament texts tell us of two comments of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what the Bible tells us. So as we join and we harmonize the text, the First Thessalonians 4, the Matthew 24, uh, the 1 Corinthians 15, uh, the entirety, uh, listen, that we have to join together in the book of Revelation, we see one common event. Where the Bible is is building to, Amen. We we have it inaugurated uh, at the cross of Calvary. His kingdom was established. And friends, listen. We have in Revelation twenty. We have the binding uh, uh, of the nations. Amen. Uh, listen. The nations are uh, are bound. They are bound from the aspect of that the gospel cannot be prevented to be preached, exercised, or believed across the entirety of the world because we have a Redeemer and a Savior who died for all that's another uh, doctrinal perspective we're not going to get into uh, tonight. But the Bible says for, uh, and listen, I don't mean to, uh, to dive too deep into this, but I just want to, get, listen, there's a lot of thoughts goes into this. There's a lot of different positions and perspectives. And uh, listen, we as preachers and churches, we argue about these things. But I want to say this, we should just believe the word of God. A lot of times we'll argue and split over secondary and tertiary issues and because they're secondary and tertiary issues, I listen, there's no need for us to split and divide the church. We're all brothers and sisters saved by the grace of God with the common cause and hope that we want to see more people folded into the family of God, but these are biblical and doctrinal essential truths. Listen, we believe in the resurrection. We believe, and there's a lot of people may disagree in when they think this time period chronologically will transpire or happen it would transpire, but we commonly hold the belief that there is coming a future day in the resurrection of the believers of God when the bride will be reunited with the husbandman. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Jesus is coming back visibly, personally, uh, listen, and intimately. Uh, with the voice of the archangel. So we have the voice of the archangel with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And this uh, we see as Paul uh, is is elaborating on what we have uh, here in, that Jesus has brought to the forefront to telling us about this good day of the beautiful resurrection. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. Amen. And Paul reiterates, he said, the hour is coming, just as Jesus said, just as he preached. For the Lord himself shall descend with, uh, from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead of Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words so friends listen as we join the passages we don't continue to split the passages we join the passages we go to 5th, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and we see that multiple faults thought, are developed uh, behold first uh, Corinthians 15 uh, 51 behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling. Uh, of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This, as we harmonize these texts, we see that Paul is reiterating the same thing again for this corruptible must put on in this uh, incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. We can tie this together when Jesus comes at the great marriage supper, and the Bible says that he puts his sheep on his right hand and he puts the goats on his left hand. As we harmonize these texts of the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law, but thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And And listen, I just want to leave you with this. Uh, and we often read this passage almost every time that we ever stand over a good dear saint of God, and we're laying them uh, at their final rest at the graveside. We always, uh, most often, always read First Thessalonians four, and we want to re-emphasize and reiterate verse number eighteen. He said, "Wherefore comfort." one another with these words. Friends, listen, we as the children of God today that are saved by the grace of God, I understand that there are things that transpire in this life and in this world wherein, uh, listen, we we can't understand death and uh, we can't talk to somebody from the other side and and it causes a lot of confusion. It causes, uh, listen, there's so many emotional responses that we go through. We go through anger. We go through sadness. We go through a a state of tragedy wherein uh, we can't begin to process and comprehend how we should feel. I, but listen, I'm glad that we can take solace and peace and hope and joy in the word of God and know that this present world is not our home, that we look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, that we're not in this present world alone, isolated and left to file by the wayside. I'm glad that God remembered Noah and God will remember us. And he is coming back to reclaim his church. He's coming to gather his bride. And this is the hope. This is the promise. But the Bible tells us, listen, that he has established himself as the great judge. And he says, listen, there's coming a day which all that are in the graves, they're going to hear his voice. Verse number 29, and they shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. See, here we have, uh, as we harmonize these texts, there's no reason, there is no reason textually to divide these texts and say that they're not the same event, they are the same event Hey man, I listen. When we see this right here, the Bible tells us under the, uh, the that we're gonna have a resurrection. Some into life, some into damnation. But they're all coming forth. This is where we get our general resurrection and judgment theory, because there is coming a day and time. I listen. When we will all unanimously, unanimously. Uh, Whether we're saved or whether we're lost, we're coming forth out of the ground. We will stand before the judgment bar of God. He'll put the sheep on the right, the goats on the left. Execution and finality uh, for those that have rejected and spurned and turned away and and rejected the Son of God will be cast forever from his presence into the eternal abyss. Uh, Listen, in the place called hell and the lake of fire, but there is an establishment of new heavens and a new earth. And this is, friends, this is the purpose of this text we need not miss uh the implications of this text in verse 30 he said i can of my own of mine own self do nothing as i hear i judge now listen i want you to pay attention to this eight times eight times we have right here where jesus makes personal reference of himself in the greek it's actually nine Uh, but listen we get to this he said i can of myself do nothing as i hear i judge and my judgment is just because i seek Uh, and not mine own will, but of the will of the Father, which hath sent me. So Jesus is making a case for who he is. Now you've got to remember now, this is all coming back out. This is just right off the tail end of the Pool of Bethesda, wherein the, the Pharisees at the Pool of Bethesda said, Who done this to you, and by what authority did they do this? Jesus is responding to them. Okay, and we need to pay attention. Uh, Listen, this is not just a preaching topic here and preaching topic here and preaching topic here. This is a story of the gospel. Amen. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is the gospel in its wholeness, in its fullness and its essence and from that we have the blessings that are flowed on those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ those who are justified by faith through grace friends listen those are the outputs those are the things that come from the gospel and let, yes they are uh, they are profoundly important and they have eternal consequence and should be and will be dealt with amen there there has to be a response to gospel, to gospel preaching. There has to be a response. Will we, uh, will we cast our allegiance and our loyalty to the King of all kings, Jesus Christ, or will we not? This is the question that is presented before us. What would you do? I believe I read this Sunday morning. Uh, when, when Jesus, he said, who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Peter goes on to say, he said, thou art the Christ. Thou art the author of Christ. But, friends, listen, there's a, there's a question presented to us from, from the gospel, from who Christ is. There's a question presented to us. Who do you say that he is? So, the Bible says here, he's establishing himself as judge, and he says, There's coming a day that the resurrection. He said, I'm coming again. There, there, there's a resurrection that is coming. And he said, and at that resurrection, he said, I will be the judge. And we see this, and listen, I just want to make mention of this. You can go back and study this. Ezekiel 37, we're talking about this in Isaiah 26 is where we begin to develop this Old Testament concept uh, of the resurrection. Uh, Specifically in the book of Ezekiel in the 37th chapter, you'll find there where the Bible tells Ezekiel as he goes out there and he he begins, he he says now listen, as the Spirit of God, as the Ruach of God began to move uh, 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 across these desert, lonely, isolated, dry bones, the Spirit of God began to move upon them and bone upon Bone, bone, ankle to ankle, I listen, leg to knee, knee to hip, friends. Listen, we begin to see this resurrection theory clothed and wrapped in flesh and we see, I listen, the Bible tells us of this great and glorious day when the, 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 the corruptible things of this world and the mortal things of this world will put on incorruption and immortality and we'll be clothed with our robe and our home from heaven. And we'll be in the presence of Christ. But now listen, I'm going to get on with this so we can get done. So in verse number 30, he says, I, 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 listen, I can, number one, of mine own self do as I hear. And I judge in my judgment that I seek is mine own will, uh, but the will of uh, the Father which sent me. So we see eight times Christ makes reference of me, myself. He is establishing himself as the messianic Davidic king. I am he. Amen. Listen. Now, verse number 31. Well, let me, let me say this. I wrote this down. Our Christian readers called to underst- are called to understand clearly uh, that, that, that opposition to Jesus or affirmation of Jesus and of his ways have immense eschatological consequences. And friends, listen. We need not forget we need not uh, uh, listen. Uh, we as Christians we need to observe what the text says. Amen. Christian readers are called to understand clearly that opposition to Jesus or affirmation of Jesus and His ways have immense eschatological consequences, in time consequences. Because what are we talking about right here? He, that's where he goes back to verse number 27, twenty-nine when he's talking about the resurrection. He said, "Well, what happens in the resurrection?" He said, "Well, you have a resurrection; uh, 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 those that have done evil under damnation, and then you have those who have done good of the resurrection of life." Friends, we need to pay close attention to where we stand, where we fall. What would we do with this man called Jesus? First thirty-one. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. I want you to flip over just with me uh, to the eighth chapter and the seventeenth verse. John 8, verse number 17. The scripture reads it. I want you to read this one verse. It, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. So we go from Jesus executing himself, making the presentation of himself as the judge. Now he puts, and he turns to, uh, he puts himself on, uh, on this, this is almost a judicial scene that we, that we transpire into. He said, listen, he's already told him. He said, now this is who I am. Okay, this is who I am, and I am the messianic king. I am the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the son of man. I am sent from the Father. I am he. Now he says in verse 31, if I by witness myself, my witness is not true. So what does he do? He takes them over. We have this reiterated, this comes from uh, the, this this concept wherein we have the establishment of, uh, of a spoken true word comes from the book of Deuteronomy, 17th chapter, verse number six, specifically, if you want to go read that. <clears throat> but we have this right here, and Jesus says, now listen, I... And I I'm not expecting you to believe this just because I said it, but he said there is also witnesses. So now we have the defense attorney. Christ comes in as the defense attorney. He said, now listen, I've made my claim to who I am and why I'm here and who sent me. Now, nuts further than that, he said, I'm going to prove my case by the witnesses that I have. And so now listen, we, ver- we move on to verse number 32. He said, I, there, is, uh, uh, there is another that bear, beareth witness of me. I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is... True. Okay, so this is a uh, we see this right here. This is this is jumping back down or jumping down to thirty seven and thirty eight where he clarifies what he's talking about right here. Now listen, the failure to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, uh, this this is the rejection uh, in its in its utter essence is the rejection of the witnesses. Amen. And now Jesus has given us who these witnesses are so we have this motif of the trial and witnesses now jesus is going to make his case in verse number 33 he said ye are sent unto john and he by witness unto the truth who is he talking about right here we go back to john chapter 1 okay this is important. Keep fresh in our minds. Listen, we get into this right here. He said in John chapter 1, verse number 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. So the Bible says right here, John said, Okay, or Jesus said, Okay, I'm making my cases. He said, Listen, I'm going to call forth my witnesses. The first one is John. And it says, Now you went and talked to John, and he told you the truth. He said, But I have, uh, but I receive not testimony from man. But these things say uh, that ye might. I be saved he was a burning and a shining light and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light okay so jesus is making a play on words right he said he was a shining uh, he was a burning and a shining light and in john chapter one you remember what he said he says he was not that light he said the true light was the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world who's he talking about he's talking about the logos the logos the word that we have described to us in the first chapter in the first verse. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. Verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is the eternal presence. He was the true light. and he said, now listen, John came bearing witness of me. And he said, now listen, I am not the light. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he said, now he's even told you. And you wouldn't listen said you listened to him for just a little bit and then you shunned him he said but i have greater witness than that of john okay so you remember what he says right here in john chapter eight and we we get this concept from deuteronomy uh, it's written in your law that the testimony uh, that uh, the testimony of two men two men is true now listen to this So we get into this right here, in verse number 36. He said, but I have greater witness than that of John. So listen, he said, John was a profound, extreme, wonderful example. The Spirit of God bore witness in his preaching and his teaching. He spoke of me. John said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Listen, he said, I must decrease that he must increase. But he said, I have greater witness than that. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. You remember this in John chapter 3. You remember what Nicodemus said when he came to Jesus by night. He said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night. Listen to this. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Right? (laughs) Okay. So Jesus... The master, listen, the master linguist, friends, he knows what they're thinking. He knows what they've said because, listen, Nicodemus didn't come to that conclusion on his own. Listen, this would have been discussed broadly. And Nicodemus came to Christ and he said, now listen, we've already talked about this. And we know that you can't do these miracles unless you come from God. In verse 36, this is what Jesus, so the first witness is John the Baptist. The second, be, uh, the second witnesses are, are Jesus' works, amen, the miracles which he's performing. He said, they speak of me, and you know they speak of me. He said, for I couldn't do these things let's say, they uh, come from the Father of lights from above. Verse 37, the Bible says, and the Father himself, amen, and the Father himself, this is the third witness. This is going beyond two. He said, this is the third witness. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And you have not, uh, And ye, now listen, this is it right here in verse number 38. And you have not his word abiding in you for whom he hath sent. Him ye believe not. Okay? Who's he talking about? He's talking about the forefathers, the prophets. The t- uh, Listen, and we have another witness right here that we're going to talk about in just a second. So we have the witness of the Spirit through the uh, through the works. We have uh, we have the Trinity event at the, at the baptism. We have the incarnate, the Son of God. There was a voice from heaven. Behold, uh, my dear Son, in whom I am well pleased. We have the descending and uh, the in embodiment and indwelling of uh, the representation of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. We have these things. Now listen, he said, we got John. We have my miracles and my works. The Father himself testified of me but now listen he said but the father testified to me but the reason that you won't even believe my father is because you don't have his word abiding in you i'm telling you something friends listen uh, there is a vast majority of people that fill up our church pews on sunday morning nights wednesday nights listen and go through a great uh, we can go through a great host of things but listen they are uh, they look the part. They may sound the part. And they may, for, for, for some fraction may even do the part. But I'm here to tell you, friends, listen. There is a, a coming in a time where the abiding of, listen, the abiding in the vine. We preached on this. We've taught on this. He said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And listen, an abiding vine that has been grafted, in, or a abiding branch that has been grafted into the vine, it will bear fruit for others to see, others to enjoy, others to eat. It's for nourishment for those that are around them. But friends, listen to me. We must understand if, if you don't have the word of God abiding in you, if you don't believe the word of God, then, then, then you are rejecting the Father. The Bible tells us, now listen, we'll get on with this and we'll be done. Verse 39, this is the fourth witness that comes in defense of Christ. He says, search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life and they they which testify of me. Amen. He said, "Listen, you. Mar- Listen, you study the scriptures. You, uh, you, you, you go to great expansive depth. Listen, it, you've gone through exhaustive learning. You have committed the scriptures and the text to memory, but they are absolutely of zero and no value to them, up to you because you've misunderstood them. Because in misunderstanding the text, you have missed the Messiah, which is Jesus standing in front of them." He said, "I've brought." you four witnesses he said i told you who i was and i'm testifying now of the four witnesses that stand in testimony of me in affirmation of me and have bore witness of me in verse 40 the Bible says and you would not come unto me that you might have life what a sad unfortunate set of circumstances And we see and we view this today, friends, listen, we see uh, and and looking back on this, we say how in the world could people sit in the presence and in the midst of Christ and reject him blatantly and outright? But I ask the same question today. How do we have an overwhelming majority of people uh, that are in this world, friends, listen to me, that are in this world have rejected the only hope they have of eternity. They've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, they've they We've tried to educate him. Listen, we've tried to become more intellectual and intelligent. And listen, we, we've we tried our very best to exclude and remove him in every possible avenue and way. And we're just rejecting God all along the way. People are rejecting God all along the way. I'm glad... That we take hold and we believe the word of God, that we believe and then we embrace the wa- uh, the Father. When uh, when we, we talks about works and miracles, these are these are uh, these are manifestations of the Spirit of God. All right. So we see this trinitarian aspect, and then we then we hear from John. We hear the preaching of the word. We have the embrace and the witness of the Spirit. And the Bible says, "You will not come unto me that you might have life." He said, I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. Friends, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The love of God that resides in, in a person will, will manifest itself, will come out. will come out textually. Friends, listen, when we, when we cleave and we, uh, we, we try and draw closer and nearer uh, to the word of God, listen, the word of God should overtake us. He said, But I know you that you that you uh, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, he said, and Jesus said, Listen, I've come in the name of, of God the Father, the one in whom you testify to love, and he said, You've rejected me. But if another come in his name, he said, You would receive him. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seeketh not the honor that cometh from God only? Listen, Jesus was, wasn't there to establish uh, his personal, uh, he, he said, listen, I don't want any of this glory. He said, I give it all to the Father. The Father has sent me. The Father is leading me. The Father is guiding me. He said, I surrender all things unto the Father. Now listen and the people that were closest to the text rejected the Messiah that stood in their presence the one that they were so listen they 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 had this in their minds what they were looking for and because Jesus didn't fit their mold they rejected him outright ultimately crucified him and killed him How can you believe when uh, which receive honor one of another and seeketh not the honor from God only. I do not think that I will cause, uh, accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. Now listen, he said, Moses, I love verse 46. Now listen, these are strong adherents to the book of Moses, uh, the book of, uh, Moses to the Pentateuch, the, the law, the Torah. Right, listen, they're strict, abhorrent. Right, listen, they, they are adhering to the word of God. This is where they they, they 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 take their precedence from. And it says, listen, it said, for if you even believed what Moses said, you would have believed in me. He said, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? God help us today uh, to, be, uh, uh, to believe the words of God, the words of Christ. Let us take Uh, uh, let us take pause in our lives and absorb the word of God and let us not come to the word of God and read into the word of God what we think the word of God says, but let the word of God speak to us. Let it change us. Let us yield and surrender to it uh, and let God be God for he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God bless you tonight. We love you. so. uh, Thank you so very much uh, for, for joining us tonight.